Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome back to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you joining us this month. I hope you are having an amazing October. Um, Just want to remind you to please visit deanhawk.com where you can get all of our resources for free, sermon outlines, PowerPoints, uh, fill-in-the-blank handouts, and all of the graphics. We will be releasing soon the summer series that uh, we did just recently that is on the book of Proverbs. We didn't go through the whole book, but took various themes. We'd encourage you to check that out and maybe make that part of your 2023 sermon series schedule. Well, today we are going to begin the first part of two parts, and we're going to talk in two phases. Um, But the title of this podcast, as you saw, hopefully, when you opened your email, is the Great Resignation. And this is a term that's been used the last year and a half. And this time, we're talking about the Great Resignation concerning how pastors are doing and how pastors are feeling, and we're seeing pastors resign at an all-time high. And then next month, we're going to be talking about the transitions of Uh, staff members, leadership members, and all of that good stuff. So be sure and check us back there. But uh, I'm sure some of you have already heard this. Uh, Barna Research did a survey here in the last uh, four or five months, and they found that 42% of senior pastors gave serious consideration to quitting the full-time ministry in the previous 12 months. That's up from 29% just a year prior to that. And so it's an astonishing fact and, and number, but it's the hard reality of what it's like to be a senior pastor these past two and a half years, that we're taking hits. There, there is no good decision that will get us affirmation and approval. We make a decision one way, and part of the congregation is frustrated. We make a decision another way, and the other part of the of the congregation is frustrated. And just the strain and the people, being in the people, uh, human resource business, and the ups and downs and highs and lows and sickness and disease and people in the hospital, out of the hospital, people want to take a vaccine, they don't want to take a vaccine. And there's been so much strain going on. Um, Research has also found that 58% of pastors say that the immense stress of the job is causing them to reconsider their involvement in ministry, while 48% say that they feel lonely and isolated. Um, Georgia State University uh, came out and said that the pandemic has been the most traumatic event of our lifetime. The American Psychological Association found that nearly two-thirds of respondents in their survey said that their lives have been permanently changed by the pandemic. And the report also showed that a large proportion of the country has been living in a sustained survival mode with significant consequences on mental health. So burnout is very real. The 
strain and stress of ministry is very real. I was listening to a podcast by author um, and psychologist John Eldridge, and he said this. I thought it was brilliant. He said, "He said we we typically rally when there's a big crisis, but he said burnout is the accumulation of a thousand disappointments. Think about that. Burnout is the accumulation." of a thousand disappointments. He said, burnout is death by 1,000 cuts. It's not one big crisis that takes us out. It's that slow bleed of a thousand cuts that depletes us emotionally. And then that impacts our relationships, impacts our marriage, our friendships, our, our work environment, and our families. So today, I just want to give you a little encouragement, give you a little bit of hope in the midst of all that that you're facing. But first off, I just want to say thank you for being a pastor. Thank you for being a voice for the kingdom of God in the midst of some of our nation and the world's most trying and difficult times. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up when you didn't feel like it. And thank you for sticking it out over these last two and a half years. It hasn't been fun. It's been challenging. But I want to take just the simple uh, word and use the acronym for slow, S-L-O-W, to slow down and just give you a few things that will hopefully rebuild, recharge your tanks and uh, get you get your engines maybe running a little bit brighter and fresher than maybe they have been in the past few weeks or months. Um, the first, the, the letter S stands for stop. Stop the constant push for more. Let's stop pushing to try and get the 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 way it was back. There is no old way coming back. It's all new territory. And I want us to really honestly assess and evaluate what is the motivation that keeps pushing us for more, and to take an internal look at what drives us and what's motivating us. Why do we have to have more achievements, more money, more activities, more experiences, thrills, and pleasures? Well, one of the one of the answers simply is ambition, and there's nothing wrong with ambition unless ambition. Uh, steps out of its boundaries. Ambition is a good thing. It's how we get things done. But ambition that's out of control without boundaries um, impacts us and can be one of the most destructive things on our planet. It can destroy our lives, our families, and our marriages. And a lot of times ambition can be guilt-driven, fear-driven, pride-driven, whatever the motivation. But typically, we see this over-amplified ambition in high achievers, which often many pastors are, and we're, we're wanting to prove ourselves. We're wanting to prove to our church that we're there and we're strong. But here's what I would challenge you. If we confuse our worth with our work, we're going to be stressed out. We have to be able to separate those truths those two, because our worth and our work have nothing to do with each other. And we have to recognize that something that we preach, but we have to now live, is that we are worthy because of who we are and who made us and what Jesus has done for us. And if we are confusing 
our worth with our work, we're always going to be striving for more. We're always going to be in a hurry. And we're always going to never be satisfied. And so that starting point in slowing down is that we have to deal with the root. Why are we driven? And so that starting point is becoming content with who we are and content with what we have. That your church attendance isn't a representation of your value in the kingdom of God. That the monthly income to your church is not a representation of how good or bad of a pastor or a person that you are. Paul wrote in the Philippians chapter 4, he said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And he ends with the infamous verse, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That Christ is our substance. Christ is the one that sustains us. We are valuable to the kingdom of God because we are sons and daughters of the Most High. It's who we are, not in what we can do. And when we slow down, the L is very simple. It's a, it's a it's a time management seminar in a two-letter word, and it is that we need to learn to say no. So we're going to slow down. We need to learn to say no. The number one reason that our lives are overloaded is we have said yes too many times to too many people. And I don't know about you, but I've often thought, why did I say yes to this? Why why am I getting caught up in this? Why am I getting trapped in this? And so we need to carefully and prayerfully make our commitments because it's always easier to get into a commitment than it is to get out of a commitment. It's always easier to get in debt than it is to get out of debt. It's easier to get in trouble than to get out of trouble. And so we have to realize that just because I could do something doesn't mean that I should do something. And so I want you to really slow down. Say no this next week. Say no for the rest of October as many times as you can to allow yourself to recharge, recalibrate, and give you yourself some time to be renewed. We all have limits, and it's it's kind of like life is a grocery basket, one of those little ones that you carry around, and you can only put so much in there. And to add something in, you're going to have to take something out. So if you want to add a, a new area of ministry, a new service, a new something, that means you're going to have to take something out of your ministry basket. And so I would encourage you to make a don't-do list. We're all pretty good at making a list of things we need to do. Make a list of what you don't need to do. You don't need to check social media today. You don't need to say yes when you feel like saying no. And maybe what we need to make as our first list every day is a list that is the what matters most list. Give my kids a hug today. Give my wife a kiss today. Spend time with God today. And the question we must ask constantly is, is it worth it?
If I'm going to do this, is it worth it? Is it worth my time, my energy, and the pull upon my life? So we're going to slow down the O in slow stands for obey the fourth commandment. And man, guys, I'm just going to tell you, this is easier to preach than it is to live. And of all the commandments in the Bible, the big 10 are the top and clear ones. And in Exodus chapter 20, the scripture is very clear that we are to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We have six days each week to do our ordinary work. And on the seventh day is a day committed to rest and to our God. And so for us as pastors and ministers, that's not going to be Sunday. And one of the things that I I recognize, we were in Israel in April, and and the traditional Shabbat is from sundown on Friday uh, through sundown on Saturday. And I was always, you know, Saturday night's my night to kind of tweak my sermon. It's already been written and planned and plotted, but I just kind of tweak with it. And, and so I never felt like I had a whole day. So I have shifted to that, that from Friday at sunset, I don't think church, think sermon, think work until sundown on Saturday. That's family time. That's rest time. That is not the time to mow the yard. I do that. Uh, typically, Friday and Saturday are my two days out. Friday is errand day, chores day, get things done day, and Saturday is chill and rest. So when we've got a Sabbath, we need to be intentional about resting our mind and body. We need to use it to recharge our emotions. We use it to refocus our spirit in worship and prayer and Bible reading. And of course, we want to use it to reconnect in our relationships with our family, with God, with our spouse, and and making it there. And then if we're going to slow down, the W of slow is wait for God's timing. I don't know about you, but often I get ahead of God. I get in a hurry, and I'm not trusting him as much as I should, and and I think sometimes he needs my help. But the scripture teaches us in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And I love out of the message translation, Psalms 51 and verse 10, it says, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Pastors, you're valuable to the kingdom of God. Give yourself some time off. And pastors, I want to encourage you that you need to take a weekend or two off, that your church will survive, your staff can cover, they can preach for you, or if you need to, put the sermon. If you don't have anyone that can preach for you, pick one of my uh, Sunday sermons, pull the, the teaching lesson. You're welcome to show that anytime you want, or you put the sermon on video and you take the weekend off to get away with your spouse, get away with your family, and and your staff and team can show the the teaching video of you. But I want to encourage you, get some rest, recharge. God needs you, and you're valuable and precious to Him. God bless you guys. We'll see you next month for part two of The Great Resignation. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. 
Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.